0: All right. Welcome to episode three of the CoinPress podcast. I'm Luke Willis. Today, I'm joined by Koinos the GOAT. Uh, So, so GOAT, um, can you introduce yourself? Tell me a little bit about what it's like being a GOAT, maybe?
1: (laughs) Well, um, I think the question of decentralization is inherently a question of Uh, pseudo-anonymity. And unless you're publicly uh, trying to Bridge from the centralized world to your project like if you're a developer or ceo you i think the default should be pseudo anonymity yeah um obviously it's necessary if you're trying to launch a blockchain you have to be public because no one wants to be rug pulled right i think a a good default uh is an anonymity because that's essentially what decentralization is it's an it's a it's a question of security, and uh, information is, a, is the question of security. So that's what I do by default. If I feel like I'm some big player in the Koinos space, then maybe I reconsider that. But I think it's the right default to have until something changes.
0: Right. Well, appreciate you coming on. Uh, definitely fine with anonymity. Happy to have uh, somebody who's been with the community for a while come share thoughts. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm having you on here today. We wanted to talk about MANA and how that works in, uh, in an environment of hyperinflation, and what that can look like. So if you have thoughts there, I'd love to just hear what you have to say.
1: Right. So first of all, uh, this isn't going to be about hyperinflation as a topic. Hyperinflation is just the scenario I'm going to use to highlight the utility of MANA because I think it creates the greatest contrast possible to really make the point clear about where MANA is fundamentally different from every other coin or token, uh, the vast majority of which are fee-based. And this contrast, uh, most importantly, demonstrates that it doesn't matter how low the fees on a a fee-based coin are because zero is not the same dimension as any number. No matter how high or low that number might be, zero is just a different thing entirely. And hopefully uh, a hyperinflation scenario will demonstrate this uh, most clearly. Uh, Hyperinflation, uh, I propose that any smart contract platform that uses a system that requires a fee of any amount is inexorably tied to fiat. Uh, We're gonna explore this idea in the purest sense by assuming the least amount of friction possible. To do this, we have to assume maximum liquidity and instant transaction throughput. I'm reading from, from notes in case people hear the page. Yeah, no streaming. Uh, In other words, uh, whichever currency you have, you can exchange it for any other currency or commodity in an instant. So if given a choice of any currency from which one can handpick to use for spending a smart contract execution or onboarding onto a decentralized space, one would naturally choose the currency that is depreciating at the greatest rate. This most obviously means fiat in the current world. Uh, Likewise, all crypto coins require require a fiat onboard. CoinOS is no exception. It also requires a fiat onboard. Um, In other words, at some point or another, in some way or another, one must exchange fiat to obtain a decentralized asset. If uh, fiat inflation were at normal levels, it would create no serious issue, as a minimal inflation rate uh, effectively appears linear over time, because it's not the inflation that hurts the consumer, but rather the rate of inflation, In other words, if if everyone acquires a 3% raise in income while the market imposes a 3% increase in the cost of goods and services in a continuous manner, these relative rates have little effect on purchasing power and many would argue are beneficial for the economy overall. The problems arise when the rate of inflation strongly outpaces the ability of the market to react to it in a continuous manner. So it's really a, a problem of future prediction which is what some would call the halting problem or other things. Uh, Regardless of how fast a market's reaction time is, it has a limited ability to anticipate future events. And when it approaches this limit, strange things start to happen. Uh, Back to our point about uh, fiat onboarding. As we said before, all cryptocurrency, indirectly or not, must be obtained with fiat. For Coinos, this onboard only has to happen once because once you hold coin, You also hold the infinite resource called mana, which can be used forever because it regenerates over time. It does not require more onboarding because the power you obtain over the network is permanent, as you can run smart contracts by burning this regenerative resource. Contrast this with a fee-based system. Once you burn the fee-based coin to run a smart contract, it is now gone forever. Therefore, you are now left with a question, how am I going to obtain more resources to obtain more power over the network? As stated before, if given the option to be able to handpick any currency whatsoever to purchase and then burn in a smart contract, which currency would one choose? The obvious and clear answer is that one would choose the currency that is depreciating at the fastest rate. It doesn't matter which particular currency, because whichever fiat currency becomes destroyed by hyperinflation, this currency would simply remove itself as an option. As a whole, picking out one by one the fastest depreciating fiat to burn uh, would eventually destroy all fiat because fiat is intertwined at the global level of trade. Therefore, we can refer to all fiat as one monolithic concept of fiat currency. Now that we can conceive of this picture where one burns the weakest currency available in the world to use as fuel for smart contract execution, the problem of hyperinflation becomes more clearly defined. Next page. We're going to be as thorough as possible in this scenario where we try to explore every escape valve. So let's skip ahead to the future. Let's assume all fiat has been hyperinflated and destroyed. Now we live in a future scenario where cryptocurrency is the only option available to burn as fuel and execute our smart contracts with. Let's also assume that the current pole positions in the crypto remain about the same. So Bitcoin's at the top, Ethereum, et cetera. In this future world, Bitcoin is still an appreciating asset so are we gonna burn it to run a smart contract? I, I don't think so. Are we going to burn Ethereum? I think it's even worse as they take great pride in their appreciation. They like to burn themselves. So where are we gonna find our ideal assets that we can burn to power smart contracts? Uh, well, we have these, uh, these what I, well, they're called dog shit coins in popular circles. Uh, their strongest value proposition built upon the idea of depreciation So let's burn them to power our smart contracts. Um, But now we have this situation where everyone's buying up the dog poo market to run their smart contracts because they become too valuable. Um, I mean, excuse me, which makes them too valuable to burn. So it's a paradox, it's a contradiction. So the market searches for other coins to burn, assuming absolute liquidity. Again, this is our uh, hypothetical scenario with the least friction. Assuming absolute liquidity and instant transactions, we quickly obtain a normalized state, and whichever coin we choose to burn will be irrelevant. Uh, But now we notice something. There is one crypto asset available in this new world that no one's burning. But that's odd because we just discussed how all fee-based coins have normalized, and there is no functional difference of fungible value between them in a world with no fiat, absolute liquidity, and instant transactions. Why would no one choose to burn this one mystery coin? So it turns out this mystery coin is Koinos coin. Uh, that sounds a little muddy, so let's call, it, uh, let's call the coin Koinos and the underlying system of contract execution, MANA, to avoid the confusion. It's coin with a K, but that information is not apparent over audio, so we'll call the coin Koinos uh, instead. No one is burning Koinos to run smart contracts because Koinos burns itself and then regenerates itself. We call the process MANA, the differentiator from the underlying tradable asset of COINOS. This MANA is the most appreciating asset available on the market because MANA is not part of this liquidity trading game because it is not a coin. It is a feature of a coin. It is, not, it is non-fungible on the open market outside of COINOS. Its one and only purpose is to execute smart contracts within the COINOS smart contract ecosystem. In other words, if MANA is not being burned in a smart contract, it is simply existing and doing nothing, which makes it 100% useless. So I'll say that again. If MANA is not executing a smart contract, it is 100% useless. So I'm talking about MANA itself, not the underlying asset of coin which can be traded like any other coin on the market. So this makes MANA the most appreciating asset available in this scenario, which makes it ideal to use uh uh, To execute a smart contract because we no longer have to burn a valuable appreciating fee-based coin Um, Now keep in mind it only applies to smart contracts that exist within the coinos ecosystem So we are assuming uh, all smart contracts exist on all platforms in this frictionless uh, scenario Because we're only comparing the coins to each other and the precise contrast between them so uh, All smart contracts exist on all platforms, so that's not part of our equation when we're looking at the contrast between these coins. So MANA recharges with time. Once you have it, you have it forever. Another way of saying this is to view every moment of time as an opportunity to take some action. In our case, those actions come in the form of smart contracts. If every moment of time is an opportunity to run a smart contract, then deciding whether or not to run a contract is an opportunity cost. Um, the way I see it, at least. In the Koinos ecosystem, uh, one has to decide the best time to utilize resources rather than the best price. Because, and here's my joke, because in our faith, the necromana faith, you keep what you coin. Uh, That being said, we still have the option to play the same game all the other mortal coins are playing. We can obtain more mana by purchasing more Koinos, just like all the mortal fee-based coins do. Yet we have an extra dimension to work with, time. The dimension of time comes for free with every coinos purchase. The engineering team was so clever, they actually managed to slip a whole extra dimension into the value of coin, yet maintain the same ability to play the same fiat burning game that all the mortal fee-based coins play. So it's just more value. It's not hidden value or a trick or a sleight of hand. It's just more the added dimension of time simply provides more value for your smart contracts. So um, I think, I don't know if I got it across, uh, but this is going to be, this is the difficult part in my opinion. Sure. Um, it, it's going to be difficult for most to truly grasp because people like to think in terms of quantity or weights or measures We have to get this point across that Koinos is slipping a new mathematical radical component of operation into the equation. It's like the imaginary number I when that was discovered or Euler's number E when that was discovered. It's an additional dimension of force application. It's not a a better widget, so to speak. It's not a more efficient, you know, mechanism, so to speak, which is what all the other coins are, the mortal coins are playing. Um, it's literally just better because you're adding another functional dimension to the operation of uh, determining value um, in a market. Yeah. Um, so instead of trying to press our minds hard against this concept, uh, let's keep it simple with an analogy. Instinctively, we can imagine being children in an arcade that, with coins that recharge right? Now, at a purely instinctual level, doesn't this sound like a better arcade? Uh, You know, one where you're given time coins that recharge, right? Um, It it just feels better uh, just thinking about it. Now, there's a reason it feels better. And that's because my original point, it simply delivers more value, not different, not, you know, more efficient, more. There's simply more dimension fit that fits into the equation so the kids can spend all day at the arcade not have to worry about onboarding more coins from their parents assuming their time values run out at some point they can now grab a pizza or do something else with their friends as the coins recharge Uh, they use their instincts of opportunity cost to engineer a more efficient day and therefore a day will contain a higher density of fun even, you know, a ch- child knows how to do this on their own because the concept of asynchronous utility is natural and self-apparent. Um, that's the benefit of asynchronous scheduling and asynchronous communication itself, right? So it allows us to communicate more efficiently and therefore increase the density of our time, like an email or text messaging, social media, etc. cetera. Uh, there's just simply more value because the efficiency and density has increased. It's not a trick or a sales pitch. It's literally more value per unit of credit. Uh, Money alone doesn't have this. Uh, Fee-based coins don't have this. Um, But let's press the point even further. Let's get back to our hyperinflation scenario. Imagine the kids' parents have all their fiat money hyperinflate and disappear into nothing, right? Does this affect the kid's day at all?
0: No, not if they have coins that regenerate they can spend at the arcade.
1: Right, it doesn't affect them whatsoever. They're in the arcade, they're still playing uh, with these time-based coins that recharge. Um, And so although they can't onboard more time coins from their parents, it makes no difference because, and here's the key point, because onboarding time coins simply gives you more leverage against other kids in the arcade. It gives you a higher percentage of the time available relative to other consumers. So they're not affected by any of the fiat hyperinflation. They're in their own di- they're on their own world in that arcade. It makes no difference to them. They're completely insulated because they invested in coin. Um. So, this hyperinflation scenario only serves to highlight the massive value proposition of the CoinOS network. Um, but you don't need hyperinflation to realize that that's clear, hopefully, if I've convinced anybody. On the flip side, let's say the kids are given little bits of fee based coins, right, to use sure. in the arcade. They spend them and they are poof, they're gone forever, pluck, tick, plat into the machine, never to come back onboarding phase is over fiat is dead their parents can't access fiat anymore everything dies they can't spit play any more games that it's um it's gone so you know i find it i find it odd that many of the fee-based coins take great pride in their ability to vanish you know causing the entire market to appreciate because why spend an appreciating asset to run a smart contract when you can simply run mana that depreciates every moment it is not spent and that recharges upon expenditure. I mean, it's a complete no-brainer of epic proportion. And, and again, I, I'm reiterating, that is what I believe is going to be the greatest challenge for the Coinos team or the ecosystem, which we're all involved in. Yeah. The question of, well, Why didn't the other guys think of that? What makes you guys so special? Um, It sounds too good to be true because it is orders of magnitude superior to other smart contract ecosystems to a point where people will become skeptical. You know, it's too good for its own good. Um, So I I believe it's going to require artistic approach, um, not logical, because the logical mind has a tendency to turn off when it hears technical jargon and, you know, it's, it drifts into this idea, well, the, like that question I brought up earlier, What? why didn't the other hundreds of very intelligent people in this whole decentralized space, why didn't they think of that? That's going to be the question that subconsciously people put into their head when they're hearing these logical arguments about coin Um And it's <laughs> um, the the logic is too good to be true. The tech is too good to be true. Uh, but if we can grab people's attention um, and have them comprehend one scenario, like uh, you know, like my hyperinflation scenario, right? I think that's the best angle of approach to take. Um,
0: yeah, you know, I agree. Um, I think uh, I mean, not everybody listening might be on board with the concept that. Uh, you know hyperinflation is coming which we're not saying that um, necessarily the the point is that if you think of hyperinflation as the as the extreme scenario right where uh, Fiat goes to pot and you can't spend your dollars to buy a gallon of milk uh, much less run a smart contract then um, in in that scenario it highlights the fact that coin and mana are just a categorically better system, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the point.
1: So, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to convince people hyperinflation is coming despite my own personal beliefs. That's sure. not my point. That that doesn't um, change the utility of what we're speaking on. Uh, and hyperinflation simply highlights the point um without hyperinflation it still should be apparent that this extra dimension of utility at the arcade still applies cuz the kids could let like the rich kids could say i want to i want to have a greater share of time playing in the arcade right you know right. i want and they onboard from their parents more coin to give them more mana more time coins to um play their favorite games or you know you know, do more in the arcade. Um, yeah. It simply gives them a, diff- a greater share of the market power over the other kids. It, it's yeah. um, So you still have the onboarding idea from fiat without uh, the hyperinflation scenario. But once hyperinflation, um, if, if hyperinflation hits, you're insulated 100%, uh, which is, another an additional benefit for those who believe hyperinflation is coming so we want to grab all the customers
0: yeah definitely um i I really like the arcade analogy where basically every game in the arcade is a smart contract right so you only have so much time and you can really only play one game at a time um so if you are throwing real quarters in or or ETH or whatever then yeah that's gone forever you're not getting that back and at some point you're going to have to go and get more of that in order to keep playing for the day um but with coinos that's not really a problem (laughs) so
1: right so 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 remember our our scenario was frictionless so you can trade ETH for fiat instantly now let's say you can't do it instantly let's say it takes um you know, let's say it takes five days, five minutes, it doesn't matter. You know, there's a there's a certain period where sure. in um, you you burn the the valuable asset and that asset's still taking off like a rocket ship, let's say, against fiat, which is diving. Uh, you're losing every single time you burn Ethereum or Solana or whatever fee based coin it is. You're losing every time you burn it and then onboard again with more fiat. Because there's a time where, where there's a, a difference in the cost. Um, and, and you know, we're, we're, we're only losing the ideal scenario where you don't even have that liquidity issue. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, it, it, it's, it's... People have to understand that this is a... If you're, if you're, if you're, if you look at what mana is, it's constantly recharging. So what does that mean? That means that the power of the network, which in this case is the economy, assuming, assuming Koinos takes over the world, the power of the entire economy is recharging in your mana. So it's essentially like a dividend for the entire index of the economy of the world. Assuming assuming it takes over the world. So every holder is is be, is simply by holding the coin is obtaining value from the economy as a whole. So, so this is this is this is done without effort. This is, they get this for free. The, the people holding this get this for free. You know, the certain people in politics talk about tax the rich, tax the billionaire. Well, this is it. This is that system. This is that. Concept where you're taxing the rich, where you're obtaining value from them um, because they have a leverage situation uh, by having money, by having the ability to pay someone to leverage their money um, because they know where to allocate resources, right? This is a. It forces. So I call it, you know, it's a speculation filter. So, so just pure raw speculation of where to allocate resources uh, tends to go away and favors those who construct products. Like Elon Musk, he constructs products and he uh, obtains more resources to allocate if he constructs successful products. So he thrives in this system. Um, He's not affected by this at all. Now, those who simply... Know where to allocate uh, resources because they have resources to allocate, which gives them the ability to hire brain power to figure out where to allocate resources. That tends to be diminished in this system because you're getting the index of the entire economy. That's, that's the whole, that, that's the whole idea. Um, it's intrinsically going, that value is going to the holder of the coin. So, um, it's almost like a tax on the, on the, the rich, so to speak, or at least the speculative aspects of the rich. You know, the ones who are not being as productive in terms of building a product, uh, the, the, the speculation is inbuilt. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a benefit you get simply by holding, uh, the coin. Pretty
0: amazing. Yeah, definitely. Um I'd like to circle back to something you said. You did a good job explaining it, but I want to make sure people get this point. So you you talked about when you're when you're choosing to spend something any currency, you're going to want to choose the currency that's depreciating at the fastest rate, right? Um and that might not make immediate sense to everybody. So let me let me use another analogy here and and Go. Feel free to jump in. Um, if you think of, uh, you know, spending money on groceries or whatever, if you're spending the dollar, then that is, you know, you don't experience the inflation in that moment, or the appreciation or the depreciation. Um, but if you're an investor and you spend your time buying stocks or or whatever then hopefully you're expecting the value of that to go up. So inherently you value the stock more than you value the dollar, even though they're, you know, worth the same at the moment, you want to hold on to the stock. Um, So you can think of it as like stock in a a car company, right? If, If every coin is a car factory and you own stock in this, this company, then do you want to go, give away one of your car factories to get whatever it is you need from the store? Or do you want to give away a car, can you know, trade a car for that thing where a car is a depreciating asset? You know, it gets old, it gets wear and tear over time. Um, it, it's obviously you're going to want to keep the factory open and running and giving you more cars and then spend the car, which is just going to lose value very quickly. Um, and ideally, you want to have as few cars on hand to be fully optimized in this system. Um, you know, because you're spitting them out constantly and you don't want to hold on to them because the longer you hold on to them, the more value they lose. So, exactly. Another take on. And, it.
1: Yeah, exactly. that, that that's, what, that's what the MANA system does, it, it intrinsically gives you the economy. As a as a monet, as a as money, the money itself it represents the economy in the truest sense. That's what right. money is supposed to be. It's supposed to represent the economy. The problem is, you know, you, what, regardless of what someone thinks of the Federal Reserve, um, the Federal Reserve, you know, it, it is trying to figure out what is um, the optimal allocation of resources the problem with doing that is that once you act once you create an action in the economy there's going to be good there's going to be side effects is what software engineers call um you're going to have side effects and these side effects are going to come in the form of happy people in the economy who are happy with your decision and angry people and both are going to create an artificial feedback loop that's going to come back to the decision makers at the federal reserve in some form or another whether that's indirect or direct and it's going to influence further decisions and that's going to create more side effects and that's going to create influence further decisions more side effects further to deci- and this is where these bubbles come from because they they can't the side effects will not will not go away there's no way to get rid of the side effects and i'm not saying this is you know intentions are not relevant to that point that they're it's simply a, a, a fact that these side effects will exist and there's nothing that can be done to stop it and it will blow up the system at some point so it's a it's a, in comes bitcoin at the ideal time <laughs> um and if they were smart you know they could uh they could allocate the, the 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 they could uh base the currency on bitcoin um as the underlying and it would save everything but if they don't want to do that then it's going to happen one way or another so uh you know uh i, I don't i don't want to get too political with it but yeah it's a system that can't sustain itself because of side effects, but mana solves that because it has an equation to resolve side effects. What's that equation? Uh, whatever the engineers determine uh, the value of the network resources are. That's the equation. That's it. And it's evenly distributed among coin holders, and you get a piece of the economy as it grows. So one day, you're going to be able to burn, you know, spend mana to buy a hamburger. You're going to be able to spend mana if you have enough of it to buy a Lambo you're going to be able to spend mana to buy a Lambo and then sit and watch it recharge and then buy another Lambo with the mana that just recharged. Right. Just sitting there buying Lambos. And you can do that because you have a, you're going to have a broker that accepts your mana and uses it to run smart contracts. Cause this is a power, you know, of the network they're using and they're going to use it to run smart contracts, which have value. And then the broker pays the, Lamborghini dealer, you know, a coin, hopefully, right? And um, so the system can work. You know, you have a rechargeable piece of the economy. It's going straight to you. It's not going to speculators who are clever or not clever or just have just have resources to spend on obtaining information about future prediction. Yeah, that that's not really a. I mean, some people have a skill and they're paid. Right, but it's a it's this paradox where if if you can predict the future, why are you paid? Who's paying you? If you can predict the future, just trade the market yourself. You don't need someone to pay you. You don't need to, you know. So you have this this concept of hedge fund managers that share, you know, and a percentage and all that. But you know, it 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 takes that. It it doesn't eliminate it, but but it takes it. It diminishes the value of people who can simply obtain value by having the value to obtain value. Um, and those who produce creative products like Elon Musk, they don't get affected. They're not affected at all because they're producing goods for the real economy. And um, that, that's an invisible value, but it, uh, it certainly applies to everybody when, when good products are made.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it, yes, I agree. It, it helps everybody. Um, I love the the idea of spending your mana as, I mean, as currency because I don't usually think of it as a currency in and of itself because it's a property of coin, um, but it doesn't accumulate the way you can with other currencies. Right? You can only have mana equal to the coin that you have um so like you know your your lambo factory spits out one lambo and then until you spend that it's you're not making any more from that coin um yeah very good uh okay so i wanted to to take this and run over to inflation a little bit more um the the inflation aspect and we talk about hyperinflation of fiat but the the coinos network actually like coin has an inflation rate right um we've the the white paper says that they're looking to do 15% out of the gate as a maximum and we don't know what the the actual number is going to be uh, and it can change over time based on governance um but when you look at that, the, your, the amount of mana that you have is a percentage of the overall. So if you need 1% of network resources, you need to hold 1% of the coins. So you have 1% of the mana to, to spend. Um, but if coin is inflating, then what does that mean in this world when we talk about hyperinflation and keeping up with that over time? Just curious for your thoughts on that. I don't have an answer
1: um so the underlying asset of coin or we're going to call it coinos was what i prefer over audio uh because we can't see the a when we say it the underlying asset of coinos uh, is tied with the fiat market it's playing the same game all the other coins are playing um it's the same entity it's saying i'm valuable give me your fiat you know um and as far as the inflation rate that's that's tied to the consensus algorithm, so right. that that's that's a different idea from the economy of mana uh, versus you know the Koinos consensus algorithm because the consensus algorithm is in the real world. It's in the physical world of computers, silicon, and you know chips and all that stuff. That so it has to it's a it's a separate entity from the actual uh, economics of mana. Um, what do I think of it? I, I don't really. I don't know. I don't know if fifteen percent is good or bad, or or, or whether it's going to be fifteen percent or less, or how it's going to look. I just. I don't know. I, I um. I like to learn more about the consensus algorithm, and that's what's coming. I uh, so. Um, yeah. Definitely. Uh, look forward to hearing more about it and uh you know I, I would have probably sold my blood if if i heard about what the consensus algorithm was when i was buying coin when i bought my coin if i heard right. the consensus algorithm was rock solid at that time i would have sold everything i owned to buy coin um that's right. the one question mark when i bought when i invested uh is uh, the consensus algorithm i'm i, I don't that's, that's what's going to make it all work, right? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So I'm confident that it's going to work. And I think it's going to be brilliant, actually, because there's, you know, we're, we're talking about a, 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 an application where we're, we're burning. So a proof of burn, right, is a great onboarding process to a new coin. And it requires a proof of work to start. So, you proof of work, you get a coin, and you proof of burn out of it to get another coin. But what are we doing when we're saying we're proof of working to get a coin into the world, and then proof of working to get a different coin into the world? Well, that's, an, that's a dualistic process up, down, up, down, building and burning, building and burning. But what else is doing that? Mana. Mana is building and burning. Burning, building, and burning, building, and burning in a continuous manner. So it's almost like a proof of burn integral that is continuously fluctuating. And, you know, I, I can't really, I haven't really written stuff down or to try to figure it out, but it sounds like a highly, um, you know, exciting potential to, to look at when it comes out. Uh, now, maybe we should have been able to figure it out by now, but um, uh, I haven't figured it out. Uh, it's, but it's interesting <laughs> how Proof of Burn is going to work with mana.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if if you're listening and you're not 100% sure of these terms, Proof of Work, Proof of Burn, uh, I'm going to be talking with uh, Steve from the Koinos group. Uh, after the, the Koinos consensus white paper comes out around Christmas, um, so we'll have an episode up shortly thereafter uh, discussing the, the consensus algorithm in detail. So um, hit subscribe and we'll see you then. Uh, but, but go the, the the inflation aspect here when we talk about inflation and not really being tied to mana, I get that and that makes a lot of sense. But for for mana, if you have and there's obviously you know a hundred million coin in circulation more or less uh and that number is going to increase over time the if i have a hundred thousand coin then that's 0.1 percent and um that's going to give me 0.1 percent of network resources if i'm spending all my mana continuously and everybody's spending their mana continuously but as that number increases once we get up to 200 million coin now i'm down to half of my proportional percentage at that point so again i don't (laughs) i don't have answers at this point um
1: well i mean if what what do we what exactly are it depends on what you're we're talking about with the uh with the purchase of coin so you know if we're talking about an asset that is valuable as we know it is and can go to the level of solana the price of solana at any moment the moment people understand that this too good to be true uh, coin is really really exists and it really works um you know losing 15 percent a year that that's that's nothing that's that's just a a meaningless dro- drop of water in the in the in the ocean uh we're talking about an asset that that can Go one hundred, you know, thousand x. So, in yeah. that perspective, it, it's meaningless. Now, as as it when it takes over the world, at that point, is it meaningful? Um, I suppose it's. It, it, I suppose it's meaningful, but not. You know, it, it, it's it's like when there's new people born into the world. You have to accommodate them <laughs> you have to give them some coin too right, right? right. so um, you can't just depend on people giving their coin away to their heirs or you know giving coin away in a business setting you you, you need a you need to have some system that first of all it's for it's for a consensus algorithm that's the main point um, yep. of inflation um, but yeah you do have to give some coin away and I just to me, I just see it as a negligible thing. Sure, um, yeah, and
0: I guess that makes sense. Um, and everybody's heard, you know, if you're super worried about this, and <laughs> uh, you don't have to hold coin to interact with the system, and that that is important. So, in that world, if you're not one of the big players that's dependent on uh, having a large share of mark of uh, of network resources, this shouldn't matter to you at all because. For you to interact with apps that are built by those people, um, they'll be lending you the mana to do so uh, through mana delegation. So, so that's good. Um, And then I realize as you're talking here that inflation on Coinos is what's going to pay for network resources, right? That the coin that's getting generated is going to be distributed to people who are adding value to the network, either by running a node or staking or, or something to that effect. And we don't have full details on that yet. Um, so if, if you own coin and you participate in the network as you know somebody would if, uh, if you really cared about the value of, your, uh, of the coin that you hold over time, then theoretically you would be able to at least match the rate of inflation um if if you participate perfectly right uh and then not everybody on the network is going to be participating so again theoretically you would be able to surpass the rate of inflation over time so it, it from uh, that well, I go, I wouldn't worry about it uh,
1: me personally i i just see coin as an onboard into the mana universe into the mana ecosystem that's all i see it as um sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not thinking about coin versus all the other coins, ETH and all that. I, I'm not. It's just another coin. It's just another way to onboard. Right. And the other coins, they, they tied it straight into the fiat world, so they're stuck there. And I mean, that's one problem. That's only one issue of 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 their coins. Huh. Uh, they're appreciating assets, and uh, Mana is a asset that's only made for running smart contracts has no other purpose so if you don't spend it it's utterly useless which means you want to spend mana to run smart contracts there's nothing that even compares to it but again we're talking about not a better widget mana isn't a better widget than the other coins it's not a little better mechanism that runs more efficiently or something it's another dimension. You're adding the time dimension into your ability to, of, to liquidate in a marketplace. You know, if, if, if you do nothing, you're gaining the market value because it recharges, it gives it to you. So you're gaining a piece of the economy just by sitting there doing nothing. You're giving, you're give, it's given to you for free, for existing. Or for investing, for onboarding, um, and and you have it forever. It, it's um, and and this is again, I reiterate that point. You're given that through the algorithms that they have a, that they made to create a consensus in a market. So you don't have to figure out where to put. So you have dollars in your in your wallet right now, and it's losing value. So ideally, your dollars are working. They're going somewhere and they're working, they're investing in something and they're gaining a return or they're doing something, but you have to spend time figuring out what you're going to do with them. Where are you going to put your dollars? You know, what's the best allocation? What's all this, all that stuff. And that's, that's, that's resource intensive. And the people who have those resources, they're going to gain on people who don't have those resources. And that's what I call speculation. Now you gain that just by holding the coin you don't have to do any of the speculation you you gain that just by. i'm not saying speculators are going to be gone it's going to all i'm saying is that it's shifting away it's tending to shift away from speculation and favoring production of real goods and services it's not absolutely eliminating one or the other but it's acting as a filter a speculation filter and as well as a spam filter that's what well, at least uh, I'll just say stay with speculation, just the semantic of speculation I, I, for my example. Um, it, it, it tends to, because the speculators can't, don't have as much money available to take from the economy because their, their resources of dollars cannot pull as much from the economy as it can with a fiat economy. They can't pull as much out. Because the the economy is being given to free to all the holders, like an index fund with dividends. It's just being given away. That value is being given to everyone. And they can't pull it out. So why goof around in the in the manna world if they can goof around in the fiat world and get and pull their speculative value from that world? So you're taxing the rich. You're allocating you're pulling resources away from speculators who simply have money because they have money because they have money because they have money and you're giving it to the people. You're giving it to the people. It's Robin hood. It's, it's all that wonderful stuff. Um, you know, I used to be an activist. Um, I'm not going to get into that. Cause I think politics, you know, is going to create polarization and we don't want to have that in our, our, our community, but, uh, you know, it, it, it just, it's just too good to be true. It's too good to be true. That's what it is. It's, it's another dimension of liquidity, um, the dimension of time. No one else is doing it, and it's too good to be true. And that's its greatest challenge. Why didn't, the, why didn't the other smart engineers think of this? Well, what's, uh, you know, the Ethereum guy, what's his name? Uh, Vitalik. Vitalik. Isn't he smart? Why didn't he think of this? He seems like a smart guy. So there must be something wrong. There must be a flaw. There must be, there must be something they've overlooked this little team called coinos, whatever that little coin's doing. How could they outsmart everyone else? I think that's the great challenge we're facing, you know? Uh, and yeah. I don't, I don't know what to do to uh, uh, on, take on that challenge. Uh, Cause it's just, it's almost too good for its own good. It's really just mind-blowing.
0: Well, I, that it's a wonderful perspective. I I really think, uh, the the best thing about that problem is that we're not alone (laughs) in dispelling, uh, that, right. Because if it was just you or just me having to convince people that yeah, Coinos is that great, uh, we'd, we'd never get there. So this decentralized network of people who care is going to, spread and the when people really when mainnet launches and people get on and experience you know having coin accumulating mana burning it and they they see the experience especially those that have developed or used ethereum and other decentralized protocols they're gonna it's gonna click and i don't think we're gonna have to explain much once it clicks
1: I like the artistic approach. Um, I like my little my little thing that I created uh, where I wrote in my notes uh, referencing the Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, you keep what you coin. In our faith, sure. in our, the necroman faith, you keep what you coin. Um, you know, little little things like that. Just something. So that comes back to the coinos, the goat. Uh, you know, when I first came into the Telegram forum, I'm... I'm I'm thinking, you know, we need to, there's all these, we're in a sea of projects, sea of coins, and many are entrenched in their coins, and they're dedicated, and everyone's dedicated to their own investments, and we're in a, there's hundreds of coins, and, you know, we have to stand out somehow, Um, talking logic is going to be difficult, I think, and that's why I said, hey, we need to come up with, we need to have like a goat, that eats fees and it's just it's just like imagine a commercial where a goat is just standing there eating fees there's no right. context to it nothing there's no he's wearing a funny t-shirt that has a coinos logo on it but he has there's no context he's just a goat eating fees little bits of pieces of paper that says fee on it yep. no, no context no explanation just a goat eating fees and then the commercial's over You just showed the goat for 15 seconds eating a bunch of pieces of paper that said fees that would get attention in my opinion. So I, I was trying to push that idea. And, and then I just said, Hey, I'm going to call myself Koinos the goat to, <laughs> to really absorb, you know, in the, the idea of the community, um, and, sure. you know, kind of put that re- silliness or, or I don't want to call it silliness, but kind of put that picture, keep that picture in people's heads, um, yeah, like how do you stand out? Bitcoin didn't have to stand out. It's not even Ethereum didn't have to stand out. They they they're the first ones out the gate and and now that this experienced team you know had this experience building the Steam blockchain and going through the lots of, you know, the wheel of pain and they became very well versed in the pain of having to hard fork and hard fork and hard fork and this doesn't feel right this feels wrong why is it why is something so great such a great technology why would it have to feel so wrong that instinct is is um, a good instinct because it's because there are problems with having to hard fork over and over and over again so they create the microservice architecture and, you know, we haven't even talked about the microservice architecture. Uh, that, that's yeah. another home run. I don't know if it's just better. Way mana is just better. It's just better, not not different, just better. I don't know if I can say microservices are just better, but they're pretty darn close to just better. Because if you consider the decentralized space and the challenges of software engineering within that space, my gosh, it's pretty darn, it's like 90% close to just better.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'll have to have um, Michael Vandenberg or somebody from the team on to talk about microservices in more detail come January. Um, yeah. So so go, this was a really great talk. I appreciate you taking the time to to talk with everybody here. Um, we are out of time, so I'm going to wrap this up here. Uh, But yeah, if you uh, if anybody in the community wants to make that goat commercial, I would share that everywhere. So. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, goat. Uh, Join us next time for the press podcast and we'll see you next time.